Welcome to the Fat Easy Musky Podcast. I'm Andy. Uh, Vance is not with us this week, uh, so I'm sitting solo in the Ranger. Uh, we got we got Todd Young, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. He is uh, on the phone. We also have a uh, another phone in. His name is Andrew. I uh, we kind of started talking on Facebook. He liked the podcast and stuff, and he had some ideas that he wanted to talk about. So we brought him on. Uh, we encourage anyone who has any comments questions, gripes, anything, get in touch with us on Facebook, Fatty Z Musky Products, uh, like the page, uh, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide also has a Facebook page like that, invite your friends to like it, you can get in touch with Todd, he's on the podcast every week, um, we can just start off, we're going to do a brief fishing report, uh, Todd normally does that every week, so Todd, how's fishing? Yeah, I, I only got to fish a couple days last week. I was home a few days for my daughter's first day of school, and then uh, had had somebody cancel breakdown on the way. But you know, we got out there, did some fishing, and uh, you know, once again, we had some we had some pretty good days. We had a seven fish day. We had a oh, can't remember five fish day, seven, four, five, something like that. And uh, you know, we got them both cast and trolling. You know, nothing real big. Uh, up to 45 inches. It seems to be the the theme of its season. But uh, had a young girl get a couple uh, casts in the crankbait. We're going to have some posts. And her, her boyfriend was wearing a GoPro. And we're going to have some really cool footage of a couple of these fish. They were going to be hit on the, uh, on the cast. One hit both sides. One hit as soon as you start casting, but uh, it's an interesting fight. So we'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's pretty I, fun. I've heard the details. I'm really interested to see how all this plays out. I hope that GoPro got some good footage because uh, yeah, yeah, they, they they sent me a message said they got some great footage. They're going to do some editing this week and get some of the stuff out of there. But uh, yeah, I mean, she just started fishing this spring. She's caught a bunch of you know, big bass, this and that, but uh, she really has never thrown, the, thrown, thrown any of the musky lures too much, and uh, I just had her throw in a little crankbait, and uh, she did really well. We got, and like I said, we got fish trolling, we got some fish casting, uh, nothing spectacular. That one day that we did get seven fish, we did, I did two half-day trips, so we fished for, you know, like four or five hours with one, one, one group, and then took some guys out in the evening, and they, they did really well casting. Again, maybe one, two, three. Oh, she's probably like four, four or five people got their first musky. So I didn't get get out a lot. I'm not fishing much this week. I'm gonna be going up this Thursday, and then uh, September's pretty crazy. Uh, I'll be fishing almost every day. I got four or five days I can still book. I just post the dates up on on Facebook and. Uh, already had the people contact me about them. So only a couple of days left here. September, October is pretty open. We've been getting them. We'll do our best to put anybody on fish who wants to come go for a ride or do some casting. Nice, nice. So uh, you know, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of put this on our uh, guest of the evening, Andrew. Uh, you know, you could just tell us as little, tell us as much as you want, and uh, you know, we'll just kind of take things from there yeah uh thanks for having me on here guys uh my name is andrew boyd uh you know haven't been into muskies a real long time about three and a half years uh out in illinois got my first muskie in illinois uh, on uh Shabinaw lake and then aside from that i spend uh, almost all of my time fishing for muskies on the chain here in illinois with uh with the local guys and uh yeah just happy to be along for the ride on this that's the fox chain you're talking about? Correct, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got to get out to Illinois to fish a few times, and we were doing the the, the Pro Muskie Trail. We fished down Shelbyville, we fished Kincaid, and we fished at the fox chain. Actually, okay. my buddy Dale and I, it was the first time we fished there, I think it was in 2001. We uh, we got lucky and won the tournament on the fox chain of lakes. Nice. And, and we were fishing... Fox, Fox Lake, which, you know, we didn't know, but I guess not too many people concentrate on that lake, but we caught them, uh, well, 
wasn't that it wasn't that great of a tournament. <laughs> we we caught a I think it was a thirty eight and a half and a thirty six and a half or something the second day and we ended up winning. We were the only team doubled up, but uh there was a lot of nice water there. I, I remember some of those lakes towards the north were a lot uh like nice clear water. We could just tell when we were pre fishing everybody was gonna be up on, on a few of those lakes and we had a little hole that we fished down there in Fox Lake and uh you know, we, we went out and trolled it a little bit, got a fish pre-fishing, then we went out and did everything else, and we were going, oh, what the heck, let's go back and do do what we did to catch that one fish. We didn't see anybody fishing there, but, yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice chain of lakes. So, it, it's, it's... Go ahead. Go ahead, Andy. No, go ahead. It's, it's nice when it's uh, on the weekdays. You you try to hit that place on the weekend, and it, it gets pretty wild with pleasure boaters. It's yeah. It's tough to fish there. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. There was no doubt. I remember a floating restaurant. Uh, it's sort of the same thing we do here at Chautauqua. I can always tell when Friday afternoons coming around. It's just like, okay, time for me to uh, take the weekend off and let's fish Monday through Friday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How big is the Fox Channel Lakes? I, I've only heard of it. I've never seen it. Uh, that's, that's actually a pretty good question. I don't, I don't have the, uh, the acreage off the top of my head, but I can definitely look that up real quick. It's, it's four or five lakes combined, I believe. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to give me, ex- give, oh, give yeah. exacts. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can remember from my one time being there that we didn't get to explore the whole place. We used to always go three or four days before the tournament, you know, try to explore the, the water and what they had opened up for that tournament was enough that uh, it kept us plenty busy. Yeah, it's, it's just over seven thousand acres. Oh, it's about yeah. the size of cave, a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 the lakes were connected by you know, some were connected by like little passes and stuff. And yeah, it it fished pretty large for seven thousand acres. Yeah, yeah there was a lot of water to go get. And, like I said, there were a lot of areas we didn't even get to go look at or explore. Yeah. Now, now, Andrew, you you said you you do guide trips. Yeah, I I don't personally have a boat, so I go out uh, with uh, a guide, Chris Torresano, up here. Um, that's you know I've gotten to know him pretty well, and and that's just about the only times that I get to go out and fish for muskie is with uh you know on aside from river fishing, would be out with a guide. Nice. That sounds about like my summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do, do you guys, you know, what, what's an average day for you fishing up there? Well, the last time we went out, uh, I took a co-worker with me so he could do his first time musky fishing. We only got one fish that day. Uh, I, I missed uh, the biggest fish that I believe would have been, you know, my biggest fish so far trolling. But uh, I would say we... Chris and I do pretty well. Uh, he likes to say I, I bring a horseshoe with me every time I get in the boat. And uh, the, aside from this time that I didn't get one, I think I've been out with him eight times. I've got at least two fish every single time I've went out with him. Uh, I do know that we've we've had a five fish day. Uh, that was our best fish or our best day it was five fish in the boat. Uh, so we do pretty well. Yeah, you guys are doing casting and trolling, or mostly trolling, or. Uh, we, we mostly do casting, and if, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just seems like every time I go out with Chris, we got high skies, no clouds, and it's hot. So the yep. first thing, we you know, we're, we're casting early, and when it gets hot, we're, we're hitting troll and uh, yep. trying to grab them that way. Yeah, you sound like the type of guy you need to get on as a uh, as being a guide myself, some of those lucky guys that bring <laughs> the horseshoe with them. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like I'm, type of guys. <laughs> I'm still trying to, I've just broke 40 inches as my biggest fish, so I haven't caught anything big yet. And, uh, you know, 48 would be, that's my next step that I want to, I really want to catch at 48. Well, that's a nice fish no matter where you're at. Right. Yeah. 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 Nice, nice golden half. You know, that magical 50 inch mark gets thrown around, but, uh, four footers are really nice also. <laughs> yeah, I'll be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until I catch it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you want to jump up a little bit. Right. I hear you there. Does hear it there. seem that you know 
yeah, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't been doing this as long as Todd, but it was like, that was the magic number back in the day was 48. Now it's not, you know, I see things, you know, all over the internet. I'm going for a 55. I'm thinking, was that, Todd, was that ever like the case back in the 90s? I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for 55. No, no I mean, he, he, even going back to when I was a little kid, I mean, there was just this magical, mystical number of 50 inches. That's what you were looking at, you know. My grandpa, who I fished with for all those years and stuff, he never... He ever got that, you know? He got a, like a 48 and a half was the biggest he ever got. Uh, you know, 48s were great, but there was always this magical 50. I see on the internet now, like you said, Andy, there's just like, you know, it, it's 55 and the new 50. Well, it might be somewhere, but it's not where I fish. We'll put it that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> the 55 is still non-existent. <laughs> yeah. It, For yeah. the most part. Yeah. In all reality, you know, so it's like, you know, there's always been that magical 50 inch. Why didn't they just stop at 48? I could have been a lot happier if they would have just said that's the magical number because there's a lot of them fall into that 48, 49 inch range. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't take anything away from those fish, you know, that half inch, quarter inch, two inch. They're big fish. <laughs> they might not get bigger than that. You know, you, Lots of them don't ever even get anywhere near that, you know? Yeah. It, it's kind of, you know, the, the internet <laughs> has done a lot of great things, but, you know, th there's been years. I, I also, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty into archery hunting and stuff. I've passed on bucks that I'm just like, yeah, that's not what I saw in the magazine. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's... And it, it does kind of take away because I look back, I'm like, you know, I could have had X amount of this many more deer that I would have been, you know, relatively proud of for the area that I'm hunting. And it's just like, eh. yeah, but it, it's not the 160 class that, that people are throwing around on all these trail cameras or the 180s and this and that. And, you know, then it almost kind of spoils it, you know, with muskies is that, you know, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that, that 60 incher, which actually turned out to be a 57 and then that 50, which is an absolute giant. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, you know, taken away from it because it's still 57. It's, yeah. it's many more inches than I'll ever see. Um, you know, and then you, you just, you look around and all these 54s and 55s getting all this press and, you, you know, someone that's realistically very pleased with, I got a 43 today, it's my biggest fish. It's like you don't get the accolades anymore. You're just people like, oh, that's nice. You know, I, I don't even, you know, and it, 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 all of us are guilty to an extent. You're like, I don't, I won't even net a three footer, and they're like, I that story. I don't know if I told on the podcast with, uh, with my friend Nick, who I just like, oh yeah, we got that fish off, took a quick picture, threw it in there. Let's go get one casting, and he's like shaking there, and he's, I'm like, why? He goes, you just caught like my, it was either second or third musky or third and fourth musky ever. I'm like, oh. I didn't know that or I would have made a bigger deal. But, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of weird how it, the way things oh, are. Yeah. And, 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 and there is lots. I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. We've talked about this lots of time on our podcast. You know, the 60, 65 and 60 inches and, you know, in all reality, lot, lot, lots of these fish just don't measure up to the photos. I mean, I've seen many pictures of 50 inches. It's like, come on now. <laughs> you know, in you all reality, it's really easy to tell that your hand is by, a, you know, anal fin and your front hand is here. And unless you're like eight feet tall, that fish is not even anywhere near 50. But yeah. Yeah, your your elbows are touching your sides. Like that's <laughs> a, you know, a 55 inch fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, how big is this guy? Wow. Some ladies holding. So, you know, this, 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 but that's going to happen. People don't know. You know, like I said, we talk about the bass guys all the time, talking about the six footers, and yeah, it just, yeah. you know, in all reality, those, the, you know, lots of those fish are tough. To, they're well, they're non-existent. Some of them, yeah. It it seems like a lot of guys uh, have figured out, you know, the right angle to hold the fish at for the picture that makes it seem much bigger than it is. Too. Oh, you can definitely do that. Yeah, I mean, we always do the old. Uh, 
and I write for Muskie Hunter, but I, I we always call them. Let's do a Muskie Hunter photo here, you know, and shove that thing way out there and hold your arms out so you can't see them. And it's like, okay, roll the a, roll the belly out, roll the belly out, get that white showing, yeah. make it look fat. That is a great white, yeah. <laughs> that is not living in fresh water, yeah. And you can do that real easily too. Yeah. And yeah. that's what the guys that know what you're doing are, are, are you know, going with a lot of those. So you really have a hard time judging how big those fish really are. Yeah, and, and I guess it's, to me, I have no problem with people doing that. I, as long as this is what's, this, what has to go with it is they don't give a size. Check out yeah, this mm -hmm. fish we caught. Okay, I'll leave that up to my imagination how long it is. But don't, <laughs> don't catch a 38 and try to jam it that it's a 46 by saying it's a 46. It might look big, but don't lie. Yeah, right. Yep. That's what I do usually. I mean, if you post some pictures of some fish, they're nice fish. Some of them are 42 inches. Some of them are 46 inches. Uh, decide just roll, roll on through. If someone really asks, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. But, uh, yeah, there's... Uh, there's a lot you can do with those cameras and holding the fish. And uh, the 50 inch will always be the magical number for me, just because that's what we've talked about since I was like five years old. <laughs> so nice. that'll be my magic mark. It might jump up to 55 some places, but it jumps to 55 where I'm at. Uh, be a long time until I get feel that adrenaline rush by measuring one out at 55. Yeah. When it's near the end of the bump board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. So and you, you hear the stories about the guys that go out and their very first time fishing for muskie. They they hook a 50 or a 51, and you know I would I would almost rather be the guy that works for a very long time to get one rather than being the one or two people in, in the world that catch one on their first time. Cause you're never, you're never going to be happy again. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, when we do these podcasts that people, I think you've listened to them, Andrew, we got two people like that in this podcast. One was not me. Yeah. Todd had worked <laughs> very hard to get his first 50. Yeah. I, Vance, Vance got his first one was, a giant. I and, think it was like a 48 or something, one of his firsts. Yeah. I, I can't and speak for One of the him. first was that big 52 that he caught at Stockland. Was that the first one you caught, the one in the river? No, that was my third. My, your my third? My third it didn't take you long. Yeah. was 51 yeah. and a half. I was bank fishing yeah. in December. Wow. And I should yeah. not have caught that fish. It was, it was one of them things that, you know, I, do you want to hear the story? Yeah. Okay. It was. Uh, <clears throat> I had just started getting into bank fishing, and uh, you know, in, in this winter stuff in Pennsylvania, there's no closed season. There, well, it hasn't always been that way, but you know, in the last I don't know ten years or so, it has been. And I was getting into bank fishing, and I just, you know, I had I had one spot, and we hadn't been pounding on it too hard. We, I think we'd done couple times but we were catching mm -hmm. fish so it's you know it's 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 hard not to not fish a spot that you're catching fish anyways it was uh i think it was like december 20th and uh me and my buddy uh we, we like we're gonna go fishing today and it was literally 14 degrees outside but the river was still open so we went down and uh we, we were just the way the river was he was on one side and I was on the other side. He had waders on and he could bust through this one section and I just had knee-high boots on. I couldn't. So we're sitting there and he's on one, I'm on the other. and Nothing's happening. It's 14 degrees. Every second, third cast, you're breaking all the ice out of your eyelids. The reels are freezing up, you know, and you're just, just, you're, you're forcing through it. I don't, I can't even tell you how long we were fishing. It was probably under an hour because I couldn't imagine going longer than that just in those conditions but <clears throat> he's we're, we're casting the same water like our baits would hit each other we're straight across from each other and i i would it was a swim bait it was before i made baits i let the bait hit the ground you know it was probably only i don't know five foot deep there 
and uh, the spot I was in is like a transition area. I found this out later, but they would come out of this one spot, go up through this transition area to kind of where the fish are, you know, the, the bait fish where they'd eat. And so if you, if you can tell your mind to stand there long enough, eventually a hungry fish will come through. Now it might be once a day, once every three days, every hour, I couldn't tell you. But anyways, I'm out there, I let it hit the bottom, I give it a quick tap, bring it off the bottom, and I start reeling just fast enough to keep the bait off the bottom. And I felt a, felt a thump, you know, and I just reeled down, I set the hook. And almost immediately, at least what I found, these river fish in this cold water come right up and just start head shaking, a really slow head shake. And this thing's head shaking on the surface, and my buddies across this thing is, hey, you need help? I'm like, I, I think I do. I, I had no idea. You know, I got this... 51 sitting there thrashing on the surface and I'm like oh yeah hey come on over and he 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 runs a little bit and he stops he goes you're gonna lose the fish by the time I get over there now he has like a hundred yard run to the road 100 yards across the bridge not 100 maybe 50 yards across the bridge and then a hundred yards back up to me <laughs> so this this fish is thrashing and and I'm looking at him now he's in waders it's in December there's snow on the ground and it's 14 degrees. So when I look over, I see him, he's on the bridge. I'm like, okay. Now, he also had to cross through some water that he broke, the ice that he broke earlier. He's running up, and I get the, the fish to the bank. And I, like, try to do that thing where you hold the rod in one hand and you reach down with the other hand. <laughs> and it, it and the fish didn't like it, and it decided to go, go back out in the middle. So I'm like, okay, I'll let you go back out. I wrangle the fish back. And I, you know, make another attempt. You know, it's just a few seconds. And I, like, slip in, like, don't go over my boots, but I slip into, it's, it's kind of a sheer bank for, you know, maybe a foot. And I'm like, oh, geez, I'm falling in. That's all I need to do is fall in with this fish, and they find me on the news. And uh, so by that time, my buddy gets up there. He's out of breath. And he goes, you lost it, didn't you? I'm like, nope, I'm trying for number three now. I'm trying to bring him back. So he, he reaches down to try to catch the, you know, we don't have a net. We're, we're still fairly green at this. He reaches down to try to grab the fish. He gets the fish half out of the water, it thrashes, it falls back in the water. It goes out again. He does that like another time, and he says, bring that fish back here, I'm getting it in. He reaches down and bear hugs this fish. And he, he gets it up, he rearranges it, I pull my old flip phone out, because that's what we had back then. And I snap a couple photos. He hands me the fish. I give him the camera, and it starts to freeze. So I got some really crappy thing, and then I, you know, I put it back in the water and let it go. You know, well, I, before I did that, I, I did some measurements and stuff. But put it back in the water, let it go. And uh, it took a while for that fish to, like, swim away. But it was also very cold water. But, we, you know, I, I put it on video when I was holding one hand, and I got it to swim away. And... You know, it was all high fives and stuff. And we're like, okay, we're done. He's soaking wet. You know, I was splashing around. We packed it up. We hit the road. And, you know, and it was like, it didn't set in at the moment what I what I had accomplished. First off, that I've had fish that I've set the hook six times on and they still come off. We mishandled this fish like five times. And somehow it stayed hooked up. And it was... <laughs> I don't know. It was meant to be. That's all I can say. Those big fish sometimes just have to be meant to be. Yeah. And uh, that was number three. And then, like, it sank in. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, 33% of the fish I catch are going to be 50s. This is easy. <laughs> and I haven't got another one since. <laughs> that's that's kind of like Vance's story. Yeah, like one, 1%. Yeah. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hit that true hit that true mark. But yeah. That was uh Do you have any bank fishing stories, Andrew? Uh none for musky. I'm, the only time I've ever got any is uh out on a boat in Illinois. Uh, I got my first one at Shabinaw. Uh I don't know if you've heard about that. It's a little a little more west than uh Chain of Lakes. But I think they've had I believe they've had four state records come out of that lake for muskie. Oh wow! Some just some really big fish out of there. But it's uh, it's a man-made lake, so it's they do a lot of bass tournaments on there. 
but uh, I've only went out there uh, with the guide uh, a few times for muskie. Got one my first time going out with him. Uh, it was a uh, 39 putted trolling, and uh, that was not long after I moved to Illinois, actually. Once I moved here, I learned that there were plentiful muskie here, and I decided I wanted to get my first one and get into it. And it's uh, been going ever since, still trying to keep getting bigger and bigger on them. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that that big one did ruin me for a little bit. I would almost prefer to, to work my way up, you know, like Todd, and it sounds like, like you're doing. But I guess you really can't choose which ones bite the bite the bait and stay hooked. Not that I yeah. knocked that one off. Now, hindsight, I wouldn't push that fish off and say I didn't catch it. But uh, I, have, I have friends that have been doing this for 40, 50 years. <laughs> I never even, never got a 50. And I take my thought and, you know, sometimes the first fish they catch is over 50. That's just the luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah. Or they catch 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they get 11 in a, in a day. Those are very good days. We don't have them that often. That's, that's for sure. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think it's just as easy as catching. I couldn't even go catch 11 bass in a day. Probably <laughs> on that lake. But, uh, I can catch 11 perch, but not bass or walleye. But, yeah. That's crazy. Sandra, anything uh, you said you used to live out in uh, West Virginia. Yeah, moved out there. And that and uh, you know, moving out there sort of got you interested in muskie, huh? Yeah, I uh, lived there my whole life and never knew that uh, I had him in my backyard. Yeah, just yeah. Never paid attention, yeah. always just did river fishing and catfish and bass and, you know, just the normal small river stuff. Uh, moved out here in 2011. And I actually don't remember how, you know, I found out about them, that they were so close to me here. But uh, once I did, it was off to the races. I was set. Nice. Yeah, any... any uh like any, like you know, you you've been listening to the podcast. Anything you've been wanting to talk about, or anything? Because we've been talking about stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, my biggest question has always been about lure color. Um, it just seems like people make a huge deal about lure color, and then you get the flip side of people that say it absolutely doesn't matter. You know, it's murky water; they're not going to notice silver from black from blue ten feet away. And I was yeah. just curious what you guys, what your feelings were on that as well. I mean, my, my, my take on that is, uh, you know, the long, I mean, we make lures, the colors are very important. Uh, <laughs> guys want other colors. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that, but, uh, you know, that lure color to me is, it's probably, I mean, it's up there with, I think your lure selection and, 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 and the way of presenting that lure is much more important. Just like you said, there's a lot of times you're fishing murky waters, you're fishing all this kind of, uh, all the different uh, variables that get thrown in there. And uh, you, know, you pick one you like. I like using lures that I like looking at. You know, when it's sunny out, I like stuff that flashes. I can see it. I feel the fish can see it. I could grab many different lures. I think the longer you do it, do it, uh, the less change I do. It's it's more like, okay, there the fish are down there. I got this lure out, and it's whatever color it is. If I reel in and change the lure, then my bait was out of the water. If, I, if I'm trolling, or if I got to go back and change the bait, uh, I know the lure makers, even myself, that doesn't really relate to selling more lures because, uh, you know, the color, the color is, uh, I think it's more personal preference than, than fish preference. I've been in situations, absolutely, you go to Lake St. Clair, and all of a sudden people are talking about a certain color and, uh, you know, something, something different about that color, something showing up, what they're feeding on, can it make a dif difference? Absolutely. But, uh, I think the presentation of what you're doing and where you're at has way more to do with it than the color. 
Yeah. I, I, it just seems to me, and you know, my, maybe it's my inexperience that one person says, "Oh, this is the hot color," so you get five people throwing that color, and then they say, "Oh, this is the hot color," and then you just have that color with so much more time in the water, or is it really a, uh, a fish preference that they're actually going after that color? It's just oh yeah, by it's all always been my confliction. Yeah, but by all means, you know, I, people told me what the hot color was on the lake that I fished before, and it was like, well, I don't even have one of those. And uh, it's not that we weren't <laughs> catching fish at that same time, you know. Uh, we were told lots of times that we went on those for musky tournaments, you know, like, you guys aren't, aren't going to do any good here. They don't hit trolling, or people will say, you know, they don't hit those big baits, being an 8-inch bait or something, and uh, that never really seemed to be the case. <laughs> you know, they hit what they, and, you know, take it to really extremes, what's happening up at Lake St. Clair right now, where you got an unbelievable fishery, the amount of fish these guys are catching up there is just astronomical. And you have the guys trolling that are saying, you got to troll these little baits. To troll these little five and a half wileys and these little tough shads and these little boss shads, and you got to troll that. At the same time, these guys are out there throwing pounder bulldogs, which is like 16 inches long. Right. Both guys are catching fish. Both yeah. boats are putting fish in the boat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, which one's correct in that scenario? You have to throw the big rubber or troll the small baits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or the, yeah. you know, the double tens and twelves. Yeah, yeah, it just, it, it, you know, it, it never really adds up. But, yeah. uh, you know, your spot, your time on the water, where you're at, having confidence in what you're throwing means a whole bunch more to me than the color. I mean, I, I get to do it all the time because I when we're trolling, I grab all the six lures out of the box and throw them out there. And when we're casting the same way, I'll just grab a, uh, jerk bait out, you know, you know, let's do this one a little bit. Yeah, so, and uh, it gets hit, whether it's black, yeah. silver, gold. Most of the time, it's not like there's one. If there's one particular lure that seems to always outfish the other ones, because I use it every day. Yeah, that you know, to yeah. expand on that a little bit, most people that listen to this are not going to know this because they're not going to probably fish with Todd. But there's been a couple occasions where I've been in Todd's boat. He catches a fish, cuts the hooks, and he takes the bait off, and he says, I haven't caught a fish on this one. And he goes and grabs a bait that he may have never thrown, totally different color. You know, he's, I'm just, I'm going to catch one on this now. You know, whereas most people would say, I just caught it on color XYZ. I better get that bait back in the water. I've seen yeah. Todd actually say, I'm going to catch one on this color now. And he just completely changes color and get, you know, Sometimes he catches fish, sometimes he don't. But, you know, the old saying is one, one muskie a pattern. You know, that's, you catch one fish, does that mean that that's what they're hitting on? That. Right. So, um, but, you know, and also to kind of expand on what Todd was saying, Todd and I have a very similar opinion on this. Um, Todd's like, I like to, he said earlier, I like to throw a bait that I like to look at. That's pretty much owning the expression, uh, what is it? The, the, they're meant to the it's fishing lures. The fisherman, not fish. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that's just I like the like the way this one looked, so I'm going to use it. And uh, yeah, it's really easy to change when you're trolling because you let them out there and you don't you're not looking at it. Yeah, it, you, so just, you can change the lures and you know put some crazy color. Sometimes I reel, you know, we'll be we'll be trolling for a while and I'll reel one in. Like, oh jeez, I forgot that was even on there. Uh, when I'm casting, I like looking at I like looking at the colors. I grab a black jerk bait every once in a while, and when I get it out, I catch fish. I don't like looking at the black one, so I don't throw it all that much. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just not as fun as the flashes <coughs> come off some of those other colors. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I have somewhat of a hard time because I wear glasses, uh, and you know when you're out and it's hot and the sun's bright, you put on sunglasses to you know, save your eyes a little bit, it makes it that much harder, you know, to see something that's not, you know, tacky and flashy and bright yeah. gold bucktail. And... Yep. 
Yeah. I use a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I tend to throw, you know, when we get started in the morning, uh, you know, with my new, new, new people, I tend to throw stuff that's really bright. I, you know, I want them to be able to see that bait coming in, you know, and, and, and I always tell people, look, you know, as you're doing it, don't stare at that bait. Stare right behind that bait. That's where you're going to see a shadow. You're going to see a mouth. You're going to see a, uh, you know, a gill open or you're going to see a, you know, something. You're going to see movement. You're going to see that shadow that's behind it. Yeah, you're, that's where your swirl is going to end up. Yeah, yeah. And I use a lot of the soft tails that we make, the soft tail raptors, because they have that, that twister tail on the back. And, you know, you can really pick that up quickly. But, uh, you know, lots of times, first thing in the morning, you know, the guy will be casting, I'll be standing there, and they're looking at their lure, and I'll look, and I'll, you know, I'll look over and say, oh, you fish, fish on your lure, keep going, keep going, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll leave, and they will have never seen the fish. But I never really stare at my lure. I use my lure just as a, as a, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, where I can see it, I like looking behind it. You know, I, I like something I can pick up quickly when I'm casting. And then, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm looking behind that lure. I'm looking for anything, any of those things we just said. And, uh, I can always tell when guys figure that out. I mean, in the springtime, the water's really clear here. And I don't know how they can't see these fish. The other reason they can't see them is they're, they're, they're staring at that lure. They're not looking behind it. And, uh, you know, in the, in the early season, it's, it, it's, you know, the water's really clear. And I'll see a couple of fish fall, fall in baits or come up and make a flash at it. They won't see them, but I can always tell when they see the, when they start seeing the fish, because I see them like jerking or, you know, cranking a crankbait or whatever they're doing, you know, pulling a rubber bait through. And, uh, you know, I see them like, you know, I see the expression on their face. I see them like tense up. And and um, and then then you know like you know these guys are into it now now they got the now they got what they're uh, got down what they need to be doing they they've cracked <laughs> yeah, the they learned the hard way yeah yeah you know we see some follows and they don't see them you can always tell when they pick them up I had this guy uh, uh, one time that was been years ago six seven years ago and uh, he had a follow right off the bat I didn't throw a bucktail. He didn't see the fish, and he was standing on the back of the back deck of my boat throwing, and I was standing in the middle of the boat, kind of, you know, kind of watching. And I, I, I saw the fish come up right away, like he was five cranks into it, and the fish came up. I didn't say anything. Sometimes it's better just not to say anything. And uh, he got it about ten feet from the boat, eight, ten feet from the boat, and he, he and. Uh, I mean, it was a nice fish. It was probably like a 45 inch, and it was right on the right, like nipping the, 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 the little uh, feathers in the back of the bucktail. And uh, I saw him like shake, and he, he pulled it. He, he pulled the bait, and he, he tried to keep it in the water, and the fish left. But he he, he was like, "Wow, that was a big one!" <laughs> I said, oh yeah, 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 that was a nice fish. And then from then on, I fished with him every year. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, he knows he knows what to look for. But it took him a couple times times to get keyed in on that, on on uh, you know watching sort of behind the bait, looking for all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, what, one thing that stuff. yeah, one thing that that I, I we don't use a lot of top water out here. Yeah, I know that's more popular out in the Midwest, but I, I always have to question this: is that when I, when I see anywhere on a forum, Facebook, what have you. They're like, what what color topwater should I get? And I always think of this, and I, I could be wrong. You know, if, if I'm wrong, tell me. You ever been in a swimming pool with goggles and you look up at something? Doesn't it all look black on the surface? Whatever object I'm it really is. I'm really glad you said that. I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, other than the fact, you know, going back to like Todd's admission of liking the look of the bait when it's coming in, I, I can completely agree. I mean, put a disco ball out there. If you like to watch the, the sparkles, that's half of it. If that keeps your confidence. I just, you know, it's one of them weird things. It's like, what's it matter if it's black or white? I, I just remember being in a swing. I haven't been in a swimming pool in years. Looking up, and I'm just like, yeah, everything's a shadow looking up at the sky. Exactly. But 
Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah. I was just to say, you put anything between you and the sun, you're going to have a shadow. So, in my mind, especially on a top water, it doesn't matter what color it is, because from the bottom, it's always going to look black. Right. And, you know, I guess I'll preference this with I'm not a muskie, and I don't know what it looks like through a muskie's eyes. But I don't think anyone else really does either. That, that knows exactly what a fish sees. You know, right, yeah. Through their eyes. But I don't know. To me, it's, you know, and I had this conversation, you know, like four o'clock today. I was talking to a guy who wanted to order baits and he was talking about colors. And he, uh, he said, well, what, what colors do you find best? And kind of like what Todd says, you know, we make baits. We have all these different colors. And we, we try to keep the colors, you know, across the spectrum without going overboard or without, you know, having more than just a few selection. Uh, I said, you know, I, I admitted this. I said, I'm not good with this. I fish six baits, pretty much. You know, I have one or two that I'll switch out. I think I've talked about that in our earlier podcast. But pretty much they're all like perch-based colors because that's the first color I paint. But, Todd, remember when, I was, when we were making the Raptor? And I was sending you all yep. those fish photos with a white raptor in their mouth. And you, you said something uh, along, along the lines of, you need to start painting them because yeah. we got to start, you know, putting these on the website. People don't want to see an unpainted bait. Yeah. A white blob of... Of, of plastic. <laughs> of, of plastic. Yeah. Yep. So, you know... I, I mean, think, and, and oftentimes, just like Andy said, I mean, the reason someone... So, you know, people were like, oh, you caught that big one... The other day, you, I know you caught that on that Golder Pal, and I'll be like, no, nah, I didn't catch it on Golder Pal. Oh, I thought you asked you that. Well, I didn't catch it on Golder Pal because I cut a couple hooks off, and I threw it on the dash, and I grabbed a walleye or a mud puppy or, you know, one of, one of the other colors because I just didn't feel like replacing those couple hooks. And, uh, but the... If you, you know, going back to that black thing, I mean, that, that's always been the big thing about black is that, uh, and it probably is the most visible. It's the absence of color. It's perfect shadow. I can see people thinking of, of uh, can you do any better than black? I hardly ever throw it. When I get it out, we catch fish on, I catch fish on black. When I hand somebody a black one, I don't like looking at it coming in. I don't use it all that much. I, I'm more the disco ball type guy. I like seeing it some flash. Yeah. I feel the fish can see that. I know I can see it. So that's what I do. But the black, all my top, any top water I've ever thrown, I don't think I've ever thrown a top water or caught a fish on a top water that wasn't black. I don't throw them that often. I don't catch that many fish on them. But when I do, uh, I always use black. Has to show up the best flopping around on top of the water. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what's your favorite color, Andrew? I've always been towards a, uh, a purple or a, uh, you know, a gold, like a, a white and purple or a gold and purple, something like that. But uh, I seem to be accruing a lot of pink lures lately. I, I take my daughter to uh, oh. or wherever I go and, you know, she's, just under three, and I'll say, okay, pick out a lure. And I know every single time she's going to grab the pinkest thing that she can possibly buy. Oh, yeah. I'm in the same boat. My daughter has her own tackle box. They're all rainbow <laughs> trout, pinks and blues, and uh, pink tough shad, pink birch tough shad, pink, pink bars. Uh, yeah. And they hit those, too. Yeah, I, I, got, I got a story about a pink bait. Um, my first, my first muskie I caught was on Malax, and this was on a black double 10 way back, like when they were just kind of just hitting the scene. And then, uh, you know, of course I get home and I order a couple double tens and, uh, one of them was pink. I saw in a magazine article that, Oh, pink is the hot color or whatever, you know? And, uh, so I, I got a pink one. The only fish that no, actually, I caught a bowfin on that. Some people call them, I think, dogfish out in the Midwest. I, I caught, I caught a, a bowfin on, on, on that double ten. But I've, I've only lost, I've only had one muskie hit a double ten. Uh, other than my first one in Malax. Here back home, I've only had one. 
and I promptly lost it, you know, a, shortly after it hit, and it was on that pink double ten. So, for what that's worth. Yeah. <laughs> and then I sold it. I sold it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a double ten anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't own a single one. I've never even thrown a double ten, but it's it's a lot larger than you know your normal size bucktail that you would throw on the waters around here. Mm -hmm. So luckily, I don't have to put my uh, my forearms up to that fight every day. Yeah. Yeah. What style baits do yeah. you do you primarily use out? Uh, I I do a lot of double eights. Um, I have a few uh, nines, um, and then we really don't go any bigger than five and a half, six inches on crankbaits around here. Uh, I don't know. I've never tried anything bigger than that, um, but I, I don't see why it wouldn't work. But uh, people seem to think, you know, just just like you guys saying, you got to troll the the four and a half, five, maybe a five and a half inch crankbait, mm -hmm. which I just think. You know, it's a musky. It's a 36-inch fish. Just like you guys said last week, 8-inch fish that they're eating is nothing to them. Yeah. 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 And, it, 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 you know, it, it does. You know, the, the, the musky world gets split up into these segments. And, uh, you know, this is what you got to use. This is what color. And just as you said earlier, Andrew, you know, if, if fire tires hot color and everybody's trolling with six poles out, but they, they're running four fire tigers. The fire tiger's probably going to outproduce the other two. Yeah, it yeah. turns into uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we see the shows, people people come to the shows and said, well, what did you catch that fish on? Well, you can, I, you know, that particular fish at this bait, I don't even throw that bait that often, but, you know, uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah, you could use it one time, and that one time could be the time that that you know fifty plus fish wants to grab it. Yeah, and people ask about it, and you sell a bunch of them. Right, right now, we're selling a whole bunch of mud puppies, and that's Andy does not like hearing that. I mean, it, <laughs> I think he does, but he doesn't because <laughs> Andy's kind of made that color up on his own, and you know, I started using it, Vance started using it, and you yeah. know, one of the first times I. I never really threw it that much, but it was one of those same scenarios. I had a, I was using a gold Rapala and had a, 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 you know, colored jerk bait, and I grabbed that with puppy one, and you know, we caught a giant fish on it. And uh, next thing you know, last year we sold out of mutt puppies all the time. It, is it a bad color? Absolutely not. I caught a big one the other day on it, but. Uh, the biggest reason I was throwing it was because it was laying on my dash. Yeah. And it had all three hooks. <laughs> it was a natural brown color. And uh, I grabbed it and I started throwing it. And it's a great color. We catch them all the time on that. Yeah. Along with a lot of the other colors. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't... Yeah, I've always... Uh, Go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead, Andrew. I was going to say the, uh, you know, I, I, I gravitate towards gold and purple and the reason for that is I caught my first musky trolling on a gold Rapala and I caught my first musky casting on uh, a purple and gold bucktail. So I, it's just yeah. like said the confidence in that lure that's, that's the color that I've always just gravitated to but I got my first two that way. Nice. I definitely hear you on that. That's, that, that. that's the way most of it goes man. You know whichever one you're throwing you're going to get the fish on. I don't think you ever really are missing out. Like I said, I mean, you can you can count up all the fishing that I've done. I mean, there there are days, there are certain instances. There's times that, like St. Clair, that different ball game up there, where people are talking about a certain color and everybody's catching fish on it. But uh, for the most part, so much more of it is, you know, if you're going with a guy, he's putting you in that situation, he's putting you on that in that right spot, and uh, you know, that color is down on the. Uh, on the order of uh, importance, other than being in the right area, that's the big thing. Yeah. Now I, I don't know, Todd, if you've told this story before, but I, I love this story. T tell the Boshad story from what was it, 2013? That that day that that fire tiger just was unstoppable. Oh yeah, 
yeah, yeah. So I took a guy out. I, I took a guy out trolling, and out of nowhere, you know, we're we're fishing. I have it on my side of the boat. We had, uh, I think we were only around four pole. I don't even think I had plenty of boards up, but you know, I had four. So so I got four rods out. I might have had some boards up, but uh, yeah, this little fire tire Bosch hat I had got hit. Uh, first time, second time, third time, fourth. It got hit like four times. It was always on my side of the boat. I said, well, let's just try this. I'm just going to move it over right beside you so you don't have to come running past me every time the fish hits. And uh, moved it over there. That that bait ended up getting hit ten, ten times in the same day. Only bait to go hit. We put it in an eight-hour day. So that's not crazy. But, uh, you know, that bait, no matter... It was on one side of the boat. I moved to the other side. We were running boards because I, I you know, now now that I'm remembering back here, you know, I had six six lines out, and for some reason that day that bait got hit ten times. And I don't know, you know, I, I'm not convinced that it was uh, any more than coincidence. I don't know. Well, but, uh, one you know, fish is I in had a another one. If one fish isn't yeah, a pattern, is nine fish a pattern? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, I mean, it was definitely something that happened. I had other Bosch sheds that run just like it. I had a backup. You know, I had another uh, a Fire Tiger Bosch shed that I got, that I drug out, you know, and put it out, and uh, every fish, 10, 10 bites, he caught five of them. He caught five for 10. And uh, they were on the same, same exact lure. So the next day, you go out, I had the same guy out, put that lure out, and I was doing the same thing. I obviously had a few more fire tigers out there. But uh, next day, that lure got hit once. I think we got four, four or five. We had six, seven hits. Uh, next day, it got hit one time. Uh, yeah, it just... Uh, you know, that particular day, I still catch I, we, we catch them, I still catch them on that same old beat-up fire tiger. But it's not like, you know, there's every once in a while there's that there's that certain thing. I mean, it was bugging me. It was, it was driving me crazy. Because I'm running other boss sheds, I'm running other fire tigers, I'm putting them at the same depth, I'm putting them, I mean, I'm just in my boat. We're in the same area. Uh, I've ordered it ten times. That happens occasionally. That is the extreme opposite of the norm. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and it could have been just the action of the bait. Could have been. You know, because that was a wooden one, and they were all a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, all those boss shads. You know, when they're, you know, each, each yep. even even injection molded baits. They all, you know, there's some obviously some consistency, but there's some baits that just run better than others. You know, what was it, the, the saying with the reef hogs? You buy five of them to, to find the good one or something? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before, too. Which, you know, there's yeah. a, you know, I've also heard ways to, to correct that by adding a half ounce of lead in front of the, half inch in front of the front hook. Yeah, I, I heard, you know, that, that, that was a Jim Bortz. He told me that back in the day, mm-hmm. how to do that. I've never tried it. I, I've seen other people talk about it, so I assume it must work, but. Nothing against refogs. That's just what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And there, and there's days, you know, it would just within the last couple of weeks. I mean, that little one little gold uh, baker that I have, you know, got, because we've been doing mostly casting, but we did some trolling. You know, that thing got hit four times one day and couldn't get hit on anything else, and got hit, you know. Couple times the next day, couldn't get anything out, anything else. And, uh, uh, but I will say this: I'm changing those other lures, and uh, when that's happening after a day like that, obviously that lure is going to take a long. I'm not going to change that lure for a while, so it's out there. It, 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 it it's doing, uh, it's doing its duty, and it's not going to get changed. So at the end of the day, if it gets hit a couple times, and the other one gets hit a couple times, it's, you know. It had more opportunity because I didn't take it off. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It, it, you know, I guess breaking it down percentage-wise, you know, if, if, if you ever, you know, think about, like, the hot color, like, you know, we, we talked about earlier, but if everyone's using this bait because it's that, you know, you just kind of say, well, if 60% of the baits they should be catching are this color, you should expect a crude average of about that many fish caught percentage-wise on, on a particular color. So I don't buy in too much of, of individual colors, you know, but I, I'm, I'm on the same boat as Todd with find the one you like and just and, and fish it, fish it with confidence. And uh, I also don't know how well you can see color underwater. You know, go yeah. down a foot, two foot, three foot, all the increments down. When does it become not really visible? I know some colors yeah. leave the spectrum quicker than others, you know, just from reading what, what you, you know, whatever article in Field Stream, Outdoor Life. Yeah, I think they see blue, blue is the first color to disappear. Yeah, and I, I don't know, but, you know, if, if you're working a crankbait that's, you know, if you're trolling a crankbait that's down, say, 10 feet, is there that much penetrating light to see a color? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to that. I just, something to think about next time you're trolling a bait and you look at the water that, you know, you have an algae bloom, you know, like, like up at Chautauqua, you know, you might have the first, how, how deep? A foot, six inches is just yeah, kind of... When the algae blooms on, if it's calm, you have the first inch. And then, but like the... Top water, I don't know how they can see anything down there. <laughs> yeah, it's like someone pulls the curtains on your house and you, there's no light coming in. It's just black. It's clear water, but it's no light. Right. My good old, uh, an old friend, Ed Ladiano, I mean, he would be 100 and something. I think he died when he was 99 or 98, something like that. Uh, we used to go over to his house and buy, buy lures when I was a kid. Because you, you didn't have all this stuff. We, didn't, we weren't able to buy these lures everywhere like we are now. You mean you didn't and, have musky uh, flea market? No, we didn't have market. You didn't have, you didn't have any of this. I mean, I didn't. I was, and being being where we live, we might have been out of the loop a little bit. But I mean, you just bought floors off of who was making them locally. I mean, that's that's what you know. Uh, and uh, you know, Ed. I remember Ed Latiano saying, "He's like, you know, you're only going to catch it. You're only going to catch one on the one on the end of your rod. You can't you can't catch a fish and sit on a on a lure and sit in your tackle box. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I was a kid at the time, and, you know, I was all crazy. I'm like, oh, should I get this color or this color or this color? And, you know, it kind of opened my eyes, and he was a lure maker, too, and he was a painter, and, you know, the new colors, yeah. Uh, they make a difference. They sell lures, but, uh, you know, go with the ones that you like. There is something that's satisfying about looking at a new color on a color chart. Oh my yes. And say I gotta have it, and then you get it. Andrew, I, you... I, I still do it now. I mean, I still <laughs> do it all the time. Like, I got so many wine lures. I couldn't even use if I used them all for an hour uh, a day. I don't even know. If I, it would take me a long time to get through the whole season. But you know, every once in a while, you stop over at Dale's shop, and it's like, oh yeah, I gotta have that. I, I don't know why I gotta have it, but I gotta have it. <laughs> you you could sell all your Wiley lures for half a retail and probably retire. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen so many. I don't think Dale has that many baits. <laughs> oh, he has more. He has more than me. But I told my wife numerous times, like, don't you know if anything ever happens to me, uh, we can get my daughter through a couple of years of college. She just needs to sell these lures off. <laughs> yeah, I told my wife something right similar person. to that. I, I said, if something happens to me before you touch anything, call Todd. He yeah. will. He will sell them. He, he will. He will do what's right for the boat. He'll do what's right with the baits. Yeah. Do, do you have that yeah, many baits? In? I don't. I don't. I, I definitely don't need any more colors. But it is nice to see a nice new color that you haven't seen, or uh, it looks good to you. That's that's what matters. Because then it'll get some run time. Now, now, Andrew, do you have do you have a big collection of baits, or are you a, a budget fisherman? Uh, I, it's 
it's not nearly as large as it would be if I weren't married. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have a ton. You don't. You my, don't. You don't have is, to explain. We understand. <laughs> my wife is uh, not at all agreeing with fishing, but uh, I don't have a whole lot. I probably have a total forty in all styles between bucktails, crankbaits, jerkbaits. Probably forty lures. Realistically, that's. So I don't have. You don't need any more. Realistically. Yeah. Now don't tell her I said that. <laughs> need one of everything. One of everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then doubles of the good ones. Right. I need backups. You do. Oh, that's right. Now, when you guys are casting out there in uh, on the Fox chain, are you guys uh, mostly throwing the blade? Yeah. Yep. I've I've actually never went out there, spent more than an hour on anything other than uh, blades. A Dusa a day or two, um, a Phantom one day, but other than that, it's just throwing blades all day. Blades, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and like I said, that that's the difference between across the, you know, across the spectrum, you know. Yeah. Where where I fish, I I mean, I caught my first fifty muskies on blades when I was a kid. But that well, that, well, I no. I, I take that back. They weren't blades. They were little spinners. <laughs> but, uh, you know, where I fished, you know, where, where we're fishing on Chautauqua was a weedy lake, a lot of floating debris, a lot of stuff. Blades are a royal pain where we fish. You know, they get wrapped around the, the blades. They get wrapped around and that, that, that fox chain's pretty weedy too, from what I remember. Uh, you know, it just takes a long time, uh, not wasted cast, but a lot of cast that, I mean, it hits water and you got, you got this thing spinning around there and, uh, and the, uh, all the, the, the weeds getting tangled up around it. Yeah. It's just, that's a difference. We caught one on blades this year on, on Chautauqua. What, what, what percentage of the fish came on blades? Uh, what would be one out of, uh, well, we'll put it, we'll put it under, under 1%. We'll put it that way. Okay. That's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> under... <laughs> because, because it, it just, they, they're, they're, they're tough, you know, uh, they're tough to get tangled in the weeds. They, you know, that's why we use those jerk baits. We just rip them through there and, uh. Andy knows it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it pretty much cleanly. We we saw off a lot a lot of weeds. I think the one place I'm fishing, I've been we've been hitting it so much that uh, there's like a weed bed that only grows up to like five feet, <laughs> and we're like in twelve feet of water. I think it's because we've been fishing it so much. <laughs> we've created our own little uh, suspended weed there. Yeah, you got to maintenance it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are talking about top. You guys are bringing up top water. I've, I've never even thrown a top water for a muskie out here, not once. Well, that's interesting because that's that's a big topic. A lot of places people ask me all the time when they come on 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 my boat. They're like they're they're like, hey, do you you know, you catch them on top water, you do this, and uh, it, you know. I'm not saying you can't catch them on top water in here, but there's not a top water out there that I've ever thrown that when it hits the water, if you got a lot of floating debris on top of the water, like chopped up weeds from boats or from me casting in there so much, uh, or the, uh, you know, just the weed choppers out there, there's hardly one I can throw that I can throw it out, reel it in, and get a complete cast that the prop is spinning or you know, the walk the dog style, they're they're great. Uh but the smallest weed, it, it doesn't do that. You know, our even the glide baits that 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 we make, I mean the smallest weed on there, it just kills it instantly. And uh that's why we that's why we rip those jerk baits and just rip them right through there and and uh, you know, they hit with weed on it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it when you're throwing a bait that sinks 
and you cast it out there, you know, a nice cast, and it hits the top of the water, and it doesn't really splash, and it stays on top of the water, because you hit yeah. a giant floating weed patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are, uh... So, uh... Andrew, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I got nothing specific on my mind. We've covered, uh, just almost about everything that I would was thinking of well we're at we're at an hour and five minutes right now so if, if you got nothing else you know we'll give you a couple weeks if you want to come back on with some more stuff to talk about it, it was a blast having you um, yeah it was a good time yeah so yeah, andrew thanks a lot man for giving us a call getting on board and uh, uh i i actually hadn't even really listened to any podcasts i listened to them today i was out trimming trimming trees in the backyard and I came home for a couple of days. I had to do some uh, honeydew stuff and stuff for myself also. I, you know, the grass needs cut every once in a while. but uh, uh, <laughs> you, you, you keep yeah, the weed I, beds in I, better I, shape. Yeah, <laughs> every, everything looks better uh, around here now. When I go back, we'll have to trim those weed beds a little bit. but Because uh, yeah. they're going to be growing. It's nice and warm around here right now. But, uh, yeah, we, we, I mean... It, it, yeah, it's great to get somebody on, and uh, we'll have a we'll keep this thing going. Yeah, hope so. Nice. So, uh, all right, I guess uh, you know we're gonna end it here. Uh, you know, like Fatty Z Musky products on Facebook. Our website is fattyzmusky.com. Uh, you know, get in touch with us. You know, you can get in touch with us through the website, through Facebook. Uh, fans would plug the Instagram account, but, uh, he's not here, so I'll do it for him. Uh, Fatty Z Musky products on Facebook, I mean Facebook, on Instagram. And, uh, we got, you know, Todd Young, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook, MuddyCreekFishEndGuides.com. And, uh, thanks for listening. Good luck fishing. Bye.